Hey, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast, and uh, it's the Friday Roundup edition here when uh, I brought my friends together and uh, at appropriate social distances. That is, we're all connected through the germ-killing effects of Wi-Fi uh, and over the internet. And so I've got uh, Scott Pfeiffer here with me. Scott, welcome. Always good to be here, Phil. And uh, are you in a undisclosed location? I'm in my secret lair. Yes, he's in the uh, Scott Pfeiffer secret lair. Sorry, can't tell you any more about that. And then uh, Carol Hamilton at her undisclosed location, which has a money tree in the background. That's so. right. That's today's message is it just grows on trees. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I like how Carol changes the picture behind her every time we do that. I do. I do. It keeps me entertained because, you know, I can see it too. And I don't want to keep staring at the same thing. So, yeah, it helps. <laughs> well, for those of you who are listening on audio, go check out a picture or the video or something. Actually, I'll take a picture at some point before we all get done. But anyway, but um, so this is... Um, I don't know, how many days are we into this quarantining? This is kind of the second week in this. I mean, the thing is, we, we got to talk last week. We got some great feedback. We're going to kind of get to some of that here as we go along the way. But uh, we're in this and things are changing. So I want to ask how people are holding up. What do we see when we go out inside the world? I'm going to start with you, Carol, and say, um, when you go out and talk to the folks you're talking to, who are you talking to and what are they saying? Um, well, it's kind of a mixed bag, and I, I think this week was a little bit more sobering. So uh, when I talked to the folks in the local area, the South Carolina, North Carolina region, what I'm hearing is, you know, feeling a bit pent up, which, um, and a lot more explana- uh, exploration is going on online. It seems like people are making that transition because now everybody's just given in, this is the way it's going to be, and we don't know for how long. I did have a reminder that in my little lair in North Carolina, I'm not nearly as affected by this actual virus. And I've got some inter- quite a few international friends and I was speaking to some clients from the UK who had just had some deaths in the family from this whole experience. And I just, you know, there's a little bit of a reminder that this isn't just a political football. This is a, this is a very real thing happening out there. And so it reminded me to reach out to all the other folks I have that may be outside of our region, New Yorkers and et cetera, and Californians, because this is a very different experience for them. And so I would say that some are doing really well and thriving online, and some people are having some pretty harsh realities. So it's a mixed bag for me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it is kind of crazy in that way, right? And when I explain that, it's like, I mean, we all feel like we're preparing for a storm, right? So we've taped the windows, we got the boards up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, we've forgotten this question in place. And we most are saying, well, what am I doing this for? I don't see it. And now we're getting that rumblings at the edges of our social circles. But I'm sure that some of the folks who are listening to this, this is right there in their lives, right? I mean, they have people who are directly affected by it. So our heart certainly goes out to them. But I mean, and particularly the, the, the hot spots at the moment, this is a real threat for them. Yeah, yeah, it's very real. And it's easy to forget that as you look out on blue skies and, and talk to your buddies and everybody seems to be home wondering just, you know, why aren't we in the same room? What's going on? So it was a, good, it was a powerful reminder. Yeah. yeah, you know, I am, uh, my sister is a nurse practitioner up in the northern states. Um, and so I've talked to her, just how is it? How is she going? And so far for her, you know, they, she feels like she's well insulated. In fact, she said to me, 
she said, I feel like where I am at the moment is probably the safest place to be. And I said, well, what do you, what do you mean by that? And she said, we treat every patient as though they were infected, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody we come into contact, we act as though this could be an infection. So we have to completely scrub everything every time. So they're, you know, they're completely, they're, they're on high defense. They're on high alert all the time. But that is, of course, a stressful situation. And worse yet, you know, being, I don't think a lot of people think about this unless you've got family who are doing this. If you're in the medical profession, a lot of these folks are either working really extended shifts or wacky hours. You know, my sister is working from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shifts, 12-hour oh, shifts. And if only she got off in only 12 hours. That's the problem is she's actually ending up on shift, you know, maybe 15 hours. Oh. Uh, but it's, a, it's hard. There was an amazing video that went around that had um, an Indian doctor driving home on his motor scooter and he pulled up to his area, his house, and all of his neighbors came out in their balconies and were cheering for him. And I think what a difference would it make for someone like your sister to get at least a little bit of acknowledgement that says, we get how hard you're working and thank you. And so I'm hoping that we see more and more of that too as this goes along. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's a good thing. And that's, I'll use as a reminder. I know when she goes to work tonight and I'll make sure that uh, I send her a little cheer. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah. As she's, as she's headed to work tonight. Awesome. Uh, Scott, you, you're talking to a different group of cats. How are your uh, clients and the folks in your world holding up? Yeah. So as a consultant, I talk to a lot of different uh, companies and in different industries <clears throat> and the opinions run the gamut from this is going to be an apocalypse that we haven't really priced in yet to this is not even going to be the flu and we're overreacting and we need to get back to work. Um, and that hasn't changed very much. What has changed is the amount of time on each call we spend talking about it. Mm. Uh, last week, I would say 80% of the call is here's what I think about what's going on. Uh, here's how bad I think it is. Here's how bad I think it isn't, you know, all of that and very little on, um, you know, the call would sort of end with, all right, what can we do? How can I send people home or how can we work, work out working from home? Do we need to send communications to our workers? That kind of thing. This week it's transitioned more in the, the percentage of time we're spending talking about the coronavirus itself is getting smaller. Um, the amount of time we spend talking about how to help people work from home is getting smaller because for most of those companies, the people that are going to go home have transitioned home and, and we have been able to communicate with them and set things up and things are moving. And now we're, we are starting to talk about, okay, um, you know, business and moving forward and what are we doing and that sort of thing. So I, so I, I don't know that their opinions about it have changed, but certainly the amount of time we spend talking about it has changed. And I see a lot more forward motion. All of the companies I work with are doing okay so far and think they can do okay unless, you know, their customers go out of business kind of thing. But we're talking about things like these SBA loans. I have at least two maybe three that are going to try to apply for those, those disaster loans. Um, people are interested in what the stimulus is going to do. One of my uh, companies I work with sells um, identity management security software to airports and airports are taking it on the chin right now because airplanes yeah. aren't landing. 
but there's a big chunk of money for airports in the stimulus bill. So what's that going to do? Nobody knows yeah. quite yet, or how fast is it going to do it? Those kind of topics are coming up. Can we transition into new lines of business? Can we, you know, is this an opportunity to um, update things to save money? You know, should we have a marketing pitch? Are people ready for a marketing pitch yet? All, all these kind of things are being discussed. Yeah. I, well, I think that, well, here's a question I was going to, it sounded like you're not affected by this yet, but you know, we just saw the news that BMW is going to shut down because of supply chain issues, right? right. They can't get the parts coming in. So they're going to do it. You know, uh, again, my wife works for a big supplier to GE or she worked, yeah, she works for a big supplier to GE. And for them, they have, they don't have supply chain issues yet, right? She's able to get the parts that they sell to GE. That's all works good. But that was always the, the biggest risk for them that the first wave of the risk was a significant portion of what they had was coming from China and would be it. Are you seeing any of that in the folks that you talk to? Or is their supply chain still intact? Um, all my guys, the supply chains are still intact. I don't have any manufacturing companies right now. Um, but, you know, like your wife's company, you really have three risks out there you're trying to manage simultaneously. Will my vendors go out of business so I can't get the uh, goods that I need to resell right. or to make what I sell? Right. Will I be forced out of business by the government? You know, your wife's company could just be shut down by the governor. Bam. Doesn't matter if they have vendors or customers. If the government tells them they're done, they're done. And that's right. especially true with manufacturing. So I've got one client that's a construction uh, industry. They bury uh, fiber for companies like Verizon. And their biggest concern isn't that there won't be any more fiber to bury. We have lots of fiber we still need to bury. It's not really that Verizon or one of the big companies that hires them is going to go out of business. It's that the governor is going to shut them down, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that risk that you'll be shut down by government action. And then, of course, there's the risk that your customers will stop buying from you. Um, so, you know, with airport security software, the, the risk is, well, the airports quit buying because they're scared. They don't know what's going on. They don't have any money coming in. Maybe these loans will help. They're also trying to pivot to a new, they have non-airport customers that have sort of been not their primary focus. Well, you know, new focus now. Let's go, let's go tell those guys to turn up the turn up the heat, and, and that seems to be working. So, there's a lot of risks. You're not just managing a supply chain risk. You're not just managing a demand risk. You've got a supply risk, a demand risk, and government risk, just sort of uh, separate from the supply and demand. So, yeah. So it's an Identify uncertain operating environment. It helps. Yeah. It's an uncertain operating environment to be yes. sure. And that's where we kind of came to that from how are people holding up? Well, the thing is there are still risks that we don't understand. Um, but there are, but folks seem to be kind of navigating through and saying, well, if there's the stuff I have control over that I'll work on. There's stuff I don't have control over. And I, you know, I, I can't do anything about that. Right. I, I've got some actions I can take and the rest of that, I kind of have to leave to the universe to figure it out. Well, that's it. Right. Yeah. I do think we all have to take a breath on the news on a regular basis. There's no doubt. You know, I do my morning check. Okay, you know, what craziness has happened in the last 12 hours? And then I think you just got to shut it off because I think the unknowns can just absolutely harass you. And well, it's you know, in any way, right? Our diet affects how we live our days, right? And it's that diet of what we put into our brain 
really affects our mental state. Now, I, some of you probably saw this. I tweeted this out earlier. On Monday, I was in a uh, television studio doing a hit on tech stuff and video lighting and all that. And I happened to be, it, the thing is, it all got condensed because it's, it's an hour show that got condensed into 30 minutes because at the 30 minute mark, the governor of South Carolina came on and made the announcement about the curfews that were coming up. They condensed the whole thing. But I was, I stood in there because I wasn't sure what was going on. And I thought, I just want to listen to this play out in this spot, right? So I'm looking at my phone, watching the governor talk because I, I was worried about sound, right? I didn't want my stuff to get picked up. So I'm watching the dialogue get printed out on my phone as he talks. And then, <laughs> and then he finally turned the audio up. And then I hear the governor said, you know, you probably ought to take a break from watching so much news. And of course, the entire news operation groaned, right? <laughs> oh, that was my uh, surreal moment of the week of no. uh, having the governor say, don't watch so much news. But your point is exactly spot on, right? And that is, we got to be careful about the diet. We got to keep our head in a good spot We're because we do our best work when we're ready willing yeah. and able and if we are feeling like the world is coming to an end and at all times we're just in trouble and we don't need that kind of trouble right. and, uh, and i i have a an important correlator that you know i follow a lot of news people on you know whether it's twitter or facebook or whatever but for me the the rule that keeps me saying that i have to try and follow is don't read the comments or the threads if you're on twitter just you know the news person says something, maybe they've got a, a little thread of two or three, you can read that. But once you get past where they're and, and just, and everybody else is, stop, yeah. get out. There's <laughs> nothing good there. It's just, it's just danger. It'll make you lose your faith in your fellow man. It'll make you angry. Just, just stop. And <laughs> if I find my blood pressure going up, I'll look at the top and say, am I in a threat? Oh, I'm in a threat. How did I accidentally get in a threat? Get out of there. Yeah. You can curate <clears throat> on social media. You can curate the voices that you're hearing. Right. Yeah. Hey. Follow people or unfollow people. Yeah. And I have unfollowed people who, republish things from people I don't want to hear from right. uh, too much. I'm like, all right, I like you, but you, you post that stuff too much. You're out. Right. Um, and you have to be ruthless with that. But for the love of God, don't get caught down in the threads and the comments. That is just a terrible, terrible place to be. I did that. <laughs> there was a company who did something I thought was just exceptionally good thinking. And I then went down to, you know, to look at all the cheer and praise that they were going to get. Oh my God! It was like Trolls Anonymous. Oh yeah. Could not oh, yeah. wait to find ways to critique and pull apart and oh those horrible people. And they didn't read the article. They just came I, out swinging. Oh, and I was like, Did you do you see what they're actually doing? And I went, You know what? This is you're absolutely right. This is not my place. I do not belong they, here. I am the alien in this world. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if people need to hear that from us, but it's so true, right? I mean, I like to think they'd figured it out on their own is my only point on that, right? But yeah, it is absolutely true. And I love that point Carol makes in that bit. It's like, and you, you read a thing and you think, oh, this is so awesome. Everyone's going to love this. And the first one you hit is like, oh, the guy who's expressed the most outrage is this. And yes, he tore it apart because it's the wrong shade of blue. Who would do that? 
that means something in some obscure culture. And like, oh my God, stop it. Okay, so people are holding up. I think people are holding up. Um, we've gotten generally good reports, but we think our yeah. advice on that is a little, you know, again, try to keep track of that media diet. Uh, yeah. Also keep track of uh, what you're doing. You keep your, your body going, right? Go take yeah. a walk. If you're, if you're a gym person, I know you can't go to the gym. You've been in that loop and now you can't go to that loop. So, you know, go run around the neighborhood or do push-ups in the backyard or burpees or something like that. But go mm. do what you got to do. Set up a gym in your garage if that's what it's got to be. But you need to give your body a little bit of activity because it is building up tension, friends, and you got to get that out of there. And, hey, and uh, however an, that is good for you. Carol. There's an app too, uh, One Moment Meditation, and it's really awesome in that you can set it to when you need 60 seconds, and it's only 60 seconds of just downtime. There's a, um, if you go to one dash moment meditation online, you'll see a little uh, five minute video that's stick figures and it tells you what it is and why it works and how it can work and how it can build a meditation muscle that just takes you out of the, I can't stand the crazy anymore. I need 60 seconds break and then come back feeling a little bit more refreshed. And it's pretty amazing. If you, if you practice it frequently, it can have huge impact just to take you out of the, ah, and yeah, into yeah. a little more calm. Yeah, that's, All right, that's take that advice. link. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say, if I get to the end of the day, I can really tell a noticeable difference in my mood if I've had my 10,000 steps or if I haven't had my 10,000 steps. I mean, it's a big difference. If I'm down, I pull out the phone and look, I'll be like, oh, I've got 1,500 steps today. No wonder I feel so stressed out. And I'll go for a walk. Nice. Right. Yeah. Okay, and I just sent, sent you a note say, give us a link so we can stick that out and give it to other folks because I didn't quite get it. I'm not, I don't know if I'll be able yeah. to read that later. Uh, all right, so we, uh, we think people are holding up pretty good. What have we learned in a week is our next question. Um, Scott, what has this uh, last week taught us? Uh, in fact, well, let me just, I'll start on a thing, and it was a call that you and I were both on, but that there were companies that thought they weren't, they didn't know if they could trust their employees to kind of work from home, but they are learning that this can work. I mean, I know that the statistics are out there, but there are just folks that for one reason or another have not had a high trust environment, weren't sure that folks could work from home. And they're going to find out, or what I've seen that we've learned is that even companies that were previously resistant to that, now forced to learn that, are actually figuring out this is going to work pretty well for them. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, there may be some employees out there that can't work from home. Um, there certainly were some that I had encountered before this that did not enjoy working from home, given a choice. Um, right now, we don't have that choice. But I do think that for people that were skeptical of it, there are probably more people that are being, um, that are learning that it's okay than the other way around, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, we've had a week or so of people going home and getting in routines. All the companies I talk to are figuring out how to, how to deal not just with productivity issues, but with uh, loneliness, which seems to be one of the big factors and uh, negative factors in working from home is worker loneliness. You've got, I've got different ones doing different things. Some are doing, some are doing uh, work happy hours. Um, Last night, I organized a happy hour for my family uh, on Zoom, and we had a little, you know, people in different states, and we had a little happy hour and all that, and my sister had to drop off 
um, at six to go to her work's virtual happy hour. So nice. they were already kicking that off. Um, people are learning how to work with their kids around and to combat their kids' loneliness. I know um, my friend in South Carolina and my sister both have uh, been trying to organize like virtual lunch times for their kids where during the lunchtime they do a little Zoom with the kids and they can eat their lunches together like they would at school. So I think people are coming up with coping strategies, coming up with um, productivity strategies, learning how to manage people remotely. And now we're pivoting towards um, how we're going to, how we're going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're seeing, I, I was on a call and the, the person's child was in the room and thought it'd be fun to play with the camera and came up and put their head down through the top of the camera. So it came hair first and then face. It was absolutely hysterical. And fortunately for the person whose daughter it was, everybody said, it's okay. It really is okay. We're, you, you know, we're, we're now in a world where all of this is the norm and, and let's just make a funny moment out of it. And I thought that was awesome. I was also on a call where we they were using Zoom with Mural, and I, you have Google Docs, which was this very you know nice uh, formatted place. It's very white. Uh, I, I see that as the bullet points, and Mural more as the whiteboard. And I like the idea as I'm watching my clients. They're all exploring all new ways of communication. Before we didn't have so much reliance on it, so it seemed like you could kind of settle into one thing. And now it seems like there's a lot more okay, if this is going to be ongoing on for a while, how else can we make this so that we're not all dropping off to sleep? Yeah, I think that's an important thing. In fact, that was kind of, that's the next bullet point for this was what are the Zoom learnings we have or what are the, and that's really, it's not Zoom in particular, but it's the collaboration learnings of video conferencing, right? This is a new environment for people and I saw them learning it this week. Uh, some of them easy, some of them hard. Um, but uh, I think there's lots of opportunity and some folks are getting it and some are not. But what are the, some of the things we've learned over the course of a week in that, you know, you brought the whole thing of uh, folks having folks drop in on them, right? Or having weird little bits of weirdnesses. Um, <laughs> you know, I did a, a piece earlier in the week with a local TV station where I talked to them about, you know, what are the things you need to learn setting up your microphone? You know, we've had folks on, for example, one of these ones, I might, I don't think I talked about this yet. We had one where uh, someone was using an iPad outside and they had no headset mic on it. And when the wind would blow, it just sounded like roaring thunder across that microphone and it would happen periodically, right? So, you know, people are learning how now to use the mute button, the moderator to use the mute button. Folks are learning to bring headsets with them or something else that brings good sound. Um, lots of complaints about lighting. Of course, we have Scott here with the heavy duty backlight on him, but we've had lots of complaints about not having well lit subjects in Zoom calls, right? In fact, that was one of the reasons the TV station wanted me to be there. They said, you know what, we're having to do our interviews with all of these people all over the country and or, or all over the state for them typically. And the lighting is just terrible for them, yeah. right? I mean, they're just so dark. Um, that it's hard for the for them to be seen. Well, and I think you don't realize it sometimes because if you're sitting in a well-lit room, it can feel like there's plenty of light on you only to discover that you're actually being thrown into shadow. And that's what makes you go into that witness protection program kind of lighting. Mm -hmm. It really needs to be on you 
and you can't always count on daylight. Even if you have your, your typical setup, you can't necessarily count on daylight because the difference can be profound from one cloud passing by versus having full sun. So sure. if you can get a steady light on you and, and accept the idea that they're going to be looking at you, you'd be okay. Yeah. We can always see you then, Bill. So. Yeah, yeah I would like to have a little light that sat on my desk right here and gave some diffuse, you know, not blinding light right up in me. But I, I've looked on Amazon and stuff for something like that and haven't found anything yet. Yeah, yeah. And it's I'll, I'll try to put a too. link in here because I've got mine is actually, and I could give you a reverse shot here in a second, but sure. mine is actually a little tiny battery powered panel. It's got six yeah. AA batteries in it and it's variable. It's like, I, and when we do this, I haven't set it, it's lowest setting. Um, but it's just to give that fill from this side. The, yeah. or the, I'm sorry, this is the key light. This is key from this side, right? And then I, I fill from the window. It's diffuse lighting. But like Carol said, I can never count on this because it's outdoor lighting, right? So right. sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just having something to kind of, so as I was coaching a friend on this this week, he wanted to jump on a call. In fact, he said, can you just jump on this and check with me? And the way he had it set up, he was in an office environment, and office environments are harsh overhead lights, right? Yep. And, you know, if you're right directly under it, it causes there to be a, a brow shadow, right, right yep. underneath. So he had black pits in his eyes, and I said, you know, this is not, I mean, it's good, but it's not ideal. But if you would just sit back and let the light hit the front of your face, that helps in that spot. I want to tell you, another thing I had someone ask on Zoom this week, I thought was interesting, she said, it was someone who did said this on Twitter and they said, I am hoarse from yelling into my zoom calls all week. Oh. Oh. And I, and I said, the issue, I said, I said, I don't know. I wasn't on the call. Here are the two things I would tell you. One, turn the volume up in your head so you can hear the other people. Cause if you can't hear them, your voice will naturally yell. Sure. And I said, and if yes. it's not that, the other thing that people don't realize is if you're doing it on a phone or something like that and you're or some screen and you've got it far away from you and the people feel far away, you will project to them because your head thinks that you're yelling at Carol Hamilton, who's 12 feet away, as opposed right. to, you know, the someone that whose face is right up next to me. So you want it to be in a spot where your chest and throat feel like I'm talking to someone who's six feet away or three feet away, even nice. though you're uh, I don't know, you're like 40 miles from me and Scott's maybe 10, so, you know. Well, even having this headset, you know, that's one of the things I prefer, and I know not everybody does, and that's okay. I just like the consistency, because I have a tendency to move my head around, and if I've got a, a, a microphone in one particular place, I may move in and out of the range, and that can really vary the volume that the other people are hearing. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, and so that's why I don't like doing a front center mic on that in these spaces. And that's what Scott has got. He's got a blue yeah. uh, Yeti blue so, microphone. I have right a blue here. mobile. Yeah. Sure. Um, the issue that we have, and of course, now I would say from Scott's standpoint, I haven't noticed it on that space. That's a that microphone's got a wide pattern on it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're mic. using a directional mic on a lapel mic and having mic'd guys for live events for years, you'd stick a lapel mic on their chest in the front of them because it would work and they would turn their head away from the audience <laughs> yeah. or, and away from their own chest. Right. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, you'd get, you'd get that fall off. So it didn't work. So, you know, yeah. trying to get your audio good. If there's anything you can do about your Wi-Fi, 
you need you want to do that that's a that's a zoom or any call like that but having good internet from where you are so if it's a particular spot of the house then get yourself there if you need to get a booster get a booster or if you need to be wired wire it but just solve that issue so that you're not all crunchy audio for everybody else because that is even if I can see your smiling face, if I cannot hear you, that's crunchy audio is just terrible. Right. Agreed. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. One other, one quick learning, by the way, and I, I don't know if either one of you saw the thing I did with Amy Wood earlier this week. This was so awesome. And I say it's awesome because I love her to death and she's a pro, but she did a, and I'm going to guess it was Skype. I didn't, I couldn't see exactly, but she did a Skype interview with somebody and she did it off of her phone. And that would be okay, except that she did never did she never checked her shot on the phone and she left it on the other camera. So she recorded an entire interview with a government official with her camera pointed at her coffee cup. Handheld. Oh. <laughs> and because it was flipped the other direction. So the whole video, there's her talking and there's the other person talking, and then just a lipstick lipstick besmudged <laughs> coffee cup. And it's just kind of rolling, and it's handheld, so it's rolling in and out of the frame while she's doing this, you know. Isn't it great that the professionals do that? I, I, think, that, I think that's just a wonderful story. Yeah, she, <laughs> and she says, I'm never going to live this down. And it's like, Amy, no, nobody would have known, but you told us, and then you ran it as B-roll during my interview. So I'm just, <laughs> there was no question about what was going on and who did it. And then, of course, and uh, I was doing this with Ben, and she's laughing hysterically. You know, she's standing <laughs> 10 feet away working with the next guest, and she's just laughing. She's like, oh, I just can't believe I did that. And I was like, yeah, we just kind of goof it up. You didn't, you know, again, doing it like that. You know, the thing I love about how we're doing this now here on the way, and again, using Zoom, and I use a big screen, and I set us up in gallery view, is I get to see if you believe me, but I also have a confidence monitor right next to it, and I can know, what do I look like? Now, it's not good, but it is me, and uh, I'm willing to, you know, but I can understand what's going on over the year. What are we going to record? Yeah, I yeah. was going to say that gallery view is one of the big learnings I've had. I mean, it's really... It's, it's, if you got more than two people, it's just the way to go, you know, as opposed to the speaker view where people are just popping up and somebody makes a noise and they, that drives me bananas. Yeah. 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 I like it. I think these are great tools. I think this is so much better than I expected it to be. You know, so much of my life was live before this. I am, I am actually really pleasantly surprised by how, how much connection you can get on online. And I had not given it its due prior to this. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think if everybody was on a Mac, on an Apple device, if you're doing only Apple devices, you could get by doing this on FaceTime. But because mm -hmm. we have people using different devices in all kinds of places, then you have to have something that's agnostic to the platform. <clears throat> and there are a bunch of tools out there. But and I heard someone else say this. So I'm kind of I, I said when he said it, I said he got it exactly right. What Zoom has done is they realized what was hard about every other video conferencing and they relentlessly took out all the hard parts, right? This yes. is a, and I get that people are getting used to it because they're new to it. And even I feel like I'm a little new to it, 
but the control surface on this thing is awesome, right? I mean, I can, I've got a chat window up where I can watch you. I can see all of your faces. I can mute people selectively. I can, people can raise their hands. I can move to them, you know, and we're not using, you know, there are other bits, Scott and I've been in bigger meetings, right? But there are bits where like, I can say, hey, there's 20 of us. Now we're going to break up into groups of four and throw yep. you into rooms and you can go off and do that thing and then come back and still be in control of that as a single session. So it's pretty, I think it's pretty clever that way. Yeah, I got to figure that out. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I love the breakout rooms there. You know, for somebody who's got a training history, those are awesome. We were in one of those yesterday. You set the timer and it's so seamless. You hit a button that says, yes, I'm let, take me to my breakout. As the facilitator, you can drop in at different breakout rooms and just see how the conversation is going, see if there's anything they need, see if they have any tech issues. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's really Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, I like this a lot. So listen, one of the things we did here is we sent out an email to the audience and kind of got some feedback from them. And I want us to kind of walk through some of the things. I mean, we got, this is awesome. A, we have a wonderful engaged audience. I love that. Thank you for writing and talking to us. And now we're doing this primarily over uh, email today. But I asked folks about how they were doing and how we might be able to help them. And we got a bunch of different responses. So I'm going to start and just let Carol pick one up. And then Scott, you'll get, grab one after that. But just pick one of these and kind of take what you got out of it and how we might be able to help them. Well, I, you know, I really liked that we heard that they, how touched they felt by your email. And, you know, what I loved about your email, Phil, is that you weren't asking for anybody to buy anything. You were just saying, hi, human connection. And you got a really nice piece back that said, I just hate social distancing. And so I think that part of what that email does is it redefines social distancing. We're, we're finding ways to reach out where we can't just shake hands and be in the same room. And I think that maybe we need a new term for it now. Instead of saying social distancing, it's tech connecting. And, and that we're, we're resetting our brains to say, this isn't painful. This is now the new way of doing things while, while we're here. So I really liked that she felt so touched by it. And I, I appreciated her feelings on that. Yeah, I, I think that is wonderful. And, it's, and it is, in fact, what I was saying. I mean, I wrote that from the heart saying, you know, human to human, this is where we are. And I am not here to, I mean, I'm not, here's the good news. The universe has put me in a spot where I'm not desperate to sell you something. So I don't have to sound like that. I don't have to sound anxious and desperate at all. I can actually look and say, how are you? And be ready to listen. And there were folks who were ready to talk, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Which one stood out for you, Scott? Well, what stood out for me was that for every email we got from someone that said, I'm looking for work and I'm assuming that all hiring is on pause, we got two emails from people saying, I'm trying to hire. Can we organize something to get these connections going? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Is that, is that there are folks out there who think that the hiring market is on pause and that could be nothing further from the truth. Our, our anecdotal survey indicates that that is not the case. Right. Right. And I think, I think maybe the, some of the confusion is, first off, they think everybody's just huddled up at home. And I think that that stopped. I think that was last week. Yeah. And I think this week what we saw was, you know what, I'm working from home, but I'm actually working. 
and that there are industries. You know, I I have a, a heavy investment in the in the travel industry, and I will tell you that they right now are just saying, "Leave us alone. We're not spending any money on anything, and we don't have a moment right now." But there's other industries that are thriving and asking, and you know, can we get help? And where did everybody go? And how do we reach out? Because we're not done. Yeah, there there are companies that are still doing business, and if they needed a software developer two weeks ago. Um, they probably still need one today and they may need two because perhaps work has increased in some industries as well. But our, our emails from our listeners, we got more than twice as many from people saying, I'm trying to hire, can you help me connect to people? Than we got from people saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking for work and I'm struggling with that. Right. And it, it's, it's really kind of all levels, you know, as I can, cause I can dig through some of those folks didn't tell us what they're looking for at the moment, but I know cause I've had other conversations with them about it. So they're looking for technology people. They're looking for developers still, as Scott pointed out, if they were looking for it before, they're still looking for it now. And then some of these are new, right? Like um, we've got Kim here saying, I'm looking for a marketing associate with three to five years of experience. Well, this just sounds like there's got to be somebody inside of our audience that says, uh, hold on a second. You know, I'm and now I say inside of our audience, this is a regional thing. So in this case, she's looking for someone to work in Spartanburg. But if someone is in the upstate, they could be working in Spartanburg. And we probably know somebody who needs that job, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So people are hiring. And, you know, you talk about we talked about how it's people are starting to pivot. I mean, nobody's really having to pivot more um, of the people I know than Phil Yanoff, who all of his face-to-face tech after five live events canceled like that with the coronavirus thing. But Phil already is thinking about how do I pivot? How do I come up with a, a tech connection offering? And we've been looking at that. And, you know, I think that there's something like that's going to happen and it's going to happen soon. So even people that were deeply affected by the shutdowns like Phil are moving on to, you know, what can I do in this environment to be helpful to my customers and to provide and to move forward. Yeah. Well, and we're exactly doing that, right? So the thing is, I feel like, and that kind of brings us, you know, where are we headed from here, right? So we're working on those bits, trying to figure that stuff out right now. And there's already opportunity, right? So, you know, here we are at this point in time, the governor's just announced that we're not going to be any schools in the state of South Carolina for the month of April, right? That's to May. So, you know, we've not announced this, but that looks to me like we will push all of our events to May. We, you know, I thought at one point that maybe that last week in April would be clear, but I no longer believe that, right? I think that we're at a minimum, everything's going to go to May. So now I think is, I think I'm willing, we're willing and we're beginning to formulate some ideas for some experimental online events in April, right? And I think some of those are going to be things that you've seen, because I know that people are comfortable with it. When I say seen, so we would do a, you know, an event for the Charlotte group and one for the Columbia group and so forth. But I expect there to be heavy cross-pollination. And I expect us also to come up with a plan for something. And this is the coolest thing. I mean, this is an opportunity for me I didn't have before, right? Which is now, I mean, you look through even just the emails we got of the people who do not live inside of our service area, that is, they're not in the Carolinas or Little Rock or whatever, but they're planning to move here, want to make connections here. And now I can say, Hey, guess what? 
you live in New Jersey, but I'm going to invite you to Tech After Five in Greenville this week because I know you want to move to Greenville and we're going to have a virtual event. And guess what? Your transportation costs for that? Zero. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is such great news because I even saw one of those letters said, well, I'm sure, you know, I'm really worried about the tech industry in Greenville after this is over. And I thought, oh, we, we got to get you in on the loop here. <laughs> that's right. This isn't going anywhere. In fact, this is actually growing. That's, that's the nature of this beast. I love this idea. We've got breakout rooms if the crowd is just too big. You yep. know, we can toss everybody in and then bring them back. I mean, we can do so many things that can be done. This is really, I love, no, it, like you said, all the looking, all the connecting without having to get on a plane to come, to come see what's going on here. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're, um, that I just think is, we're in an incredible spot to do something brand new. And I'm super excited about that. Now, it's up to me to figure out what the revenue models of these new things look like. And there are other things that we want people to do. But the fact is, we know, we know what the path to execution looks like. Now I just have to make sure that all the parties are correctly aligned and that this just makes economic sense for us to do this, right? But again, for, I just think this is easier. And a thing I pointed out in a meeting earlier today was there are things that I've been wanting to do but never done because I didn't have the time. <laughs> Now I've got the time, right? I've said, oh, well, I, you know what? I wanted to run that experiment, but there just wasn't enough of me to go around. I've got extra me at the moment. So I'm using the extra me to find some other cool ways to help people, right? And that's kind of where I am at that's the moment. That's awesome. You really needed it, more fill. Yeah, I don't, well, look, there's more fill to go. More fill that's to go. awesome. So we got some cool stuff. Let me tell you a thing that um, I've got. I have this sneaking little idea. One of our ideas was how do we spotlight and let people do quick presentations? I, I, no one, I don't think anyone wants to sit on here and watch, sit around in a room, a digital room, and watch a 40-minute presentation. That's, we're, we're just not going to do that right now, right? right. I mean, uh, things are just going to go wrong in a bunch of horrible ways if we do that. But, um, but I can perhaps do a spotlight on somebody and let them do a short presentation, do sort of a community interaction thing, right? So I've got somebody that I'm gonna do a little test just to kind of see if I can make that presentation piece work. And then if we can do that, then what I'm gonna do is we're gonna come back here and have that opportunity to bring folks. So a format for a Tech After Five event might be, hey, we've, uh, we're going to bring somebody here and let them do a six minute or 10 minute or something like that presentation, something short. I think it's, we're going to keep it in the short space, but they get the talk for five minutes and then they're going to open up to Q and A and the audience gets to be part of this thing. Mm, love it. I just think it's a cool idea and it's, it's a way, you know, we experiment with that. Then we can go off and do other things that, um, you know, again, where we have a sort of sponsored events where these, these sponsors have an opportunity to actually we have, we have a chance to make them tighten up their message, be able to deliver value in a shorter amount of time, and do it with an intensely interested audience who right now is craving connection and still has the same business problems you had to solve before. I mean, this is kind of cool in a way because you think about it, people, you know, in tech, they were selling to the clients by schmoozing them all the time. They'd take them to lunch, they'd take them to dinner, take them to lunch, take them to That's gone. That's right. stopped. Right? right. And so right now they're craving connection with their prospects and I can help them figure out some way to do that in a meaningful way. 
And so I'm just kind of excited about what I think the opportunities are for us to do events with people and kind of show, help spotlight some really cool people in some incredible digital rooms. So I, I think this is in a very interesting time for us and we're only limited by my ingenuity, so. Well, I think you're the right leader for this. And I think it's awesome. And I think this is something that's going to be around long after Corona is a forgotten anecdote. Well, the thing is, what it allows us to do, right? We get this right. This allows us to always be able to do this with folks who just simply couldn't make it to one of our live meetings because we've taken the transportation cost element out of this, right? Yep. Yep. What I'm trying to do with all the companies I'm working with is talk about how we can make changes that help get us through this period, but that also can last beyond this period and be improvements to our processes, whether it's our business processes or our customer relations or vendor relations. But how can we make changes that are, that are going to serve us for a long time? Think outside that box. Uh, and, and it's been very good. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what I get from that is that there are different people who are processing this at different spaces and they're in different stages, right? And I love the fact that you've got clients that are beyond triage. They're now genuinely thinking ahead. And I think Carol has alluded to this too, but I felt like a lot of the folks that I've been talking to, they're still in the triage mode and trying to adapt to the new normal before they figure out what's going to last here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we're coming to that tipping point when we're really going to be looking at how do we now lead out of the dark. So it's been this really, really difficult time. And I think we're going to be looking forward to what's the story in the media going to be about our company, our industry, uh, what is our vision of where we're going, and then taking these tools with us. I think about how many global leaders I work with who have always been just a little bit hesitant on the Zooms and all of these things, and they haven't really been good at it, and they've never really pushed themselves to be good at it. And I think this has really put the highlight on, time to get good at this, and now bring this forward. Yeah. So. No, I, th I think it is an exciting time. We've got some cool stuff ahead of us. All right, uh, it is time for us to get gone. I got something else, and this, you know, folks can only take so much of us. There's a, there's a, maximum effective dose apparently for <laughs> what we're doing as well so uh carol hamilton tell people how they can find you if they want to find you at another time they can find me on linkedin at carol hamilton live or they can email me at carol at redfoxroad.com excellent and uh, my pal scott pfeiffer you know you can never have enough scott pfeiffer in your life <laughs> so uh if i needed to get another dose how do i make that happen uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Scott Pfeiffer. I tweet at fscottp. My website is www.fscottp.com. And you can email me at strategybusinessconsulting at gmail.com. Right. Super. All right. I am Phil Yanov, and I am here with Tech After Five. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at Tech After Five. You can find me at Phil Yanov. And you can even find me at philyanov.com, which solves the problem of both you seeing me and finding Tech After Five at exactly the same time. So um, live events are on pause, but we've got virtual events coming up. You definitely want to be on the mailing list. And the way, my friend, this has been so good. So many of you have helped us out already by telling your friends. And we can tell that by the way the podcast grows. But, uh, you know, if you're the kind of cat who loves what we're doing and would be willing to gift us with a little bit of your time, share this with your friends, encourage them to subscribe. And uh, I've heard that 
reviews on iTunes are important. So I'm just going to trust you. And if that's the kind of thing you could do for us, we'd love to have it. If we're getting something wrong, simply go to Tech After Five and shoot me an email because I'd like to get it right for you out here to help you. Come see us. Come uh, listen to us. We've got more of these coming up. There's an, a, a delightful back catalog of Tech After Five podcasts for you to listen to. Thanks. See you next time.